Welcome to So You Want to Be a Leader, really a Defy Expectations podcast. I'm Vicky Hampson. And I'm Helen Honeyset. We're here to explore the highs and lows of leadership today with our guests. Help you navigate the complexity of being a leader from every aspect, from the sublime to that ridiculous and everything in between. This week's guest is Maureen Ross-Jem. Maureen teaches us how to identify the strengths of our personality and work and leverage them to be more impactful in all of our relationships and set ourselves and our teams up for future success. Maureen, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Fantastic. So listen, before we get into our discussion, I just need to let everybody know that where they can find the great information about you, your bio, et cetera, which is in the downloads, all available alongside this podcast at www.defyexpectations.co.uk. At Defy Expectations, we really believe that leadership is a true privilege. And with that, and how we act and interact really plays a major role in our success. So Maureen, you work with leaders to help them identify their strengths. Can you talk to us about the four personality types that you've identified that people generally fall into and also how we can identify which type we each are? Yes, absolutely. So I have been teaching leaders for about 10 years now in my own business. And there's a lot of different ways and personality type indicators. There's the Myers-Briggs, there's the Enneagram, and there's also Everything Disc. And I am an authorized partner with Everything Disc. So that's the easiest one to understand for understanding your personality at work. And that, that is the, the modality that I use to help people really understand who they are. So as I'm going through the four, I want you to really think about, I want your listeners to think about, is that me? Now, every one of these is going to have a little part of you. You're going to recognize yourself in every one of these, but you have a natural tendency towards one or another. And, it's, and you might even find yourself on the line between two and you totally own like two of them. But most likely you're not going to be all four and you're going to see where you are on this on the spectrum here. So the DISC is D-I-S-C, right? And the D stands for dominance. And the dominant type of personality type are very authoritarian sometimes. They go for results and they love a good challenge. They're more task oriented in nature and they are really motivated by I would say power and authority. So we know these types, right? They are like sometimes just the generals in the office and they're telling people what to do and they want to cut to the chase and they're very direct in their communications. Sometimes it feels like they step on your toes along the way because they just want to get stuff done, right? So we all know these types and they can also be super fun after hours and playful and boisterous and all of that. But at work, they are taskmasters and they're active and fast paced. So then we're going to go to the I type. The I type is also active and fast paced and, and somewhat assertive. They are extroverts in nature, but they are also very people focused. 
they're often exhibit enthusiasm. They really love to get people together and do fun stuff. They're the facilitator types, often trainers and speakers, and they they do like somewhat of a challenge as well, but not when it comes to conflicts and things like that. They really want to have people, they like to collaborate with people and they are um, really motivated by social group activities and friendly relationships, okay? Then you get down to your S type. The S stands for steadiness. And the steadiness folks are, their priorities are really giving support and maintaining stability. And they also really love collaboration. They like people and they're warm and friendly, but they're not as outgoing. They're more sort of cautious and reflective in nature, but they are, again, super supportive and they like, they're good resource people. So they're team players and they're very patient, but they sometimes give a little too much. Like they don't have the boundaries because they want to keep all the people happy all the time and they don't know how to say no as much. So these are the folks that you want to go to because they're resource people and they know how to get stuff done too. All right. The next and the last is the C type, which stands for conscientiousness. And the folks that fall into this category are more near types. They focus on quality as opposed to quantity, and they are really into having accuracy, making things right. So they're good with processes and systems, and they also like to maintain stability. They, they're more cautious and reflective in nature as well, but they do like a good challenge. And you will find uh, deep levels of expertise in this uh, category as well. And they are very precision oriented. They get into analytics, sometimes analysis paralysis can ensue, but in the most part, they are task focused people. They tend to work alone more frequently and work until it's done right. They're good solution providers. All right, so there you have your DI, S and C. And so now I'm wondering if with just those explanations, if you were able to identify yourself and Helen, I would love to ask you first, what do you, where do you think you fall here? You're right in the sense that as I see myself in at least three, if not four of those categories. Yeah. The really interesting thing is Vicky and I have worked together for a very long time. So it's going to be really interesting to see each other's views of that as well. I think mainly I so that influence for me with a little bit of the S, but I also mm -hmm. think there's a bit of the D in there for me. I think there's every so often there's a bit of D, definitely. The play hard, work hard piece has definitely yeah. been there you know, historically. Even in we're at work, we learn over our career time to, to expand our personalities out. Like if you are somebody who's very task focused and really want to get things done, but you also learn that, oh, well, I have to step back and listen sometimes. I have to build relationships with the resource people, with the S's. And so you do become more supportive over time, just, but it's not as a natural tendency. So what about you, Vicki? Where do you think you fall in the map? I have to say, I've got a favorite phrase, Maureen, which is, and people kind of do the eye roll when I say it, which is, it depends. Now, I know you'll say personality is personality and you need a hard decision on this, but I'm kind of changing and morphing quite a lot, even at this stage in my life. 
So I think the balance is changing, actually. I think there's probably been a lot of the D over time. I think sort of my own, I guess the change that I'm going through in really thinking about what I see in, in the future and where I want to be and visualizing that, it's the realization on the conscientious and the steadiness is becoming even more important. So like any good DJ would be able to find the right kind of track, the right volume, get a good floor filler. I think we are a little bit of everything, but I think I've always Clearly. been heavy on the D, but pulling up on some of the others and steadiness is becoming really important to me now as well. Does that make sense, Maureen? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I say to people, so you take an assessment, it takes about 20 minutes and it really gets you to hone in on what is your behavior at work and how do you think and what are your priorities, right? And that helps distinguish where your little dot falls on this on this map. It's a circular map with D in one corner and then I in the next and so forth. And here's the thing. I say, this is just a picture of who you are at this time. But I've taken this several times over my career and in my 40-year career. And I will tell you that the dot doesn't travel far, but your personality does expand. So for example, I'm an I, the opposite of me is the C, okay? And my dot falls way outside on the line. And there's some people that have their dots in the middle or even closer towards the center of the circle. But in my case, my natural inclination is right on the edge of the, of the I, but I have learned over time that it is super important in my career to be organized, to be accurate, to be precise. It's not a natural tendency for me to go there. So I want to make sure when I'm on a team that I'm going to make sure I have some C's on the team that can double check my work, that can make sure that my course and class materials are going to be right and the T's are crossed, and the I's are dotted and those sorts of things because they're really good at the detail work. But people see me as a very detail-oriented person, but that's only because I learned to be that way. So we can do all of the styles and we do morph and use the skills in each of the styles, but natural tendency, if you need a team put together, I'm the one because the eyes are really good at that because they see the best in people. If you have a challenge and you need to get a project oriented, a DC type of person is the one to do it. I don't necessarily want a challenge. I want things to be happy and fun at work. And so sometimes I have to also be very serious and not in the fun, happy modes to help the D's and the C's get on board with the vision or the direction that I want to go in. So you see, we do use all of the character types. It's just that the more you know yourself, the easier it will be for you to expand into the other areas and forgive those other people for just being who they are instead of judging them. Does that make sense? Absolutely does, Maureen. I think we could talk on this subject for a long time and I have some <laughs> other questions in my head I'd love to see if we have time for at the end. Sure, yes. Thank I you. Could, I could talk about this all day, every day. So, <laughs> and I, there's some one other thing I want to really say that's important for everybody to know. Our personality type obviously is not the be all end all. It's one part of us, but we, we have values that are, that might, even though you and I might be an I, Helen, we're both influencers per se, 
we might have a very different set of values. We also have a different set of beliefs. I'm not talking about spiritual or religious beliefs, but the beliefs in our own abilities of who we are because of our upbringing, where we were raised, what the culture is of the country we were born in or the religion we were born in, the culture of the organization that you work in. And so you have the values, you have a different set of skills, you have a different set of competencies, you have so many variations. This DISC map is just one way of looking at your team. And when you really understand who everybody is on your team or what their skills or their natural tendencies are, you know how to strengthen them and you know how to expand them. So it is important as a leader, right, to help your people get out of their comfort zone a little bit more and also to use their strengths and keep them in their comfort zone a lot of the time so that they can be their best selves. Gloria, it's a really interesting view of how we can give people a vocabulary to allow themselves to think what their comfort zone is and how to push themselves out of that as well. Now, one of the things we talk a lot about at Defy is how to move into the future, how to thrive in the future. In your experience, are there any of these personality types that are more suited to be able to prepare people for the future? And how do you work with leaders to make them ready for what's coming? I think some of this has to do with really understanding who you are. I always believe that the more you know yourself and, and work on your understanding who you are, your inner person, not just your personality, but again, your beliefs, your values and all of it, the better you can craft a vision for your people, for the future. I do not believe that there's any one of these styles. It's a better leader than any others. However, the I's and the S's are more people focused and the D's and the C's are more task focused. So if you really have major project, a huge challenge, you want to get a D and a C on it to create the plan of action, to figure out exactly how to get there, to get all the solutions. And then you get your I's and your S's in there to do the rah-rah and the teamwork. I mean, there's so many different wonderful things that they can add to the team. But the vision itself, you have to be able to articulate it. And the D's and the I's both articulate very well. But you also need to be able to listen to your people and what their ideas are. And the C's and the S's are, I would say, by nature, better listeners than the D's and the I's. And so it goes around and around. You need all the types on your team. Regardless of who the leader is, the leader needs to know their limitations and use the skill set of the folks on the team, but they have to be able to articulate that vision. So it's a roundabout way to say, Everybody, every player is important on the team. Everyone works together to make the vision happen. But it is really important to be able to articulate it, listen to others, then refine the vision, continue to communicate it, and get everybody involved. Thank you, Maureen. Let me ask another question here now. We spend a lot of time at Defy Expectations thinking about future leadership and enabling others who are aspiring to be future leaders. So with that context in mind, for many who are either planning or thinking of the future, it can be really stress-inducing and can cause a lot of worry. 
So what are some of the best ways leaders can deal with stress on, on a day-to-day basis and not fall prey to burnout? And if I can maybe just add another thought, to do all of this, but still be themselves, still allow that right level of emotion to show. Well, you have to be perfect. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? right? Every leader thinks, oh my gosh, that's a lot. It's a tall order, right? Isn't it? To keep everybody on the team on track, to keep yourself on track. How do I deal with all the stresses? We have to think about the future, but we have to act in the day, right? We have to do what's in front of us on our plate. And I think that self-care is the number one thing that you can do as a leader, not only as a role model to the rest of your people, but to be centered, understanding who you are, understanding how you're feeling. And how I do that is through meditation and self-reflection, exercising my body and eating right and sleeping Uh, sleeping is very important. There's so many leaders out there who are just go, 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 go. And they're drivers. Those are a lot of the D's in the world. And we know that these are the folks that often get burnt out and then they need time, right? And the S's get burnt out too, because they're trying to do everything for everyone all the time. The I's are less likely to get burnt out. But there's high achievers in every area. And it's super important to make sure that you don't dive so deep into trying to get this task done or this project done at the expense of your health. So I say sleep eight hours. And I know some of my clients even work 14 hours a day, and I just do not recommend it ever, ever, ever. And if you're a good leader and you delegate appropriately and you have emotional intelligence, then you should be able to do your job within 10 hours a day, five days a week, and you take time off and you take your vacations and you get your sleep and you feed yourself right. And you exercise. And again, I I will not put at the bottom of the list. I put it at the top of the list, meditation. The more you can understand and get centered and know and begin to sort of control that inner critic in your mind that gives you doubts and tells you you're not good enough, you say no. And that's what meditation really helps you to do. Become more mindful of the voice, conscious of how you're feeling. Yeah, because I think that, Our feelings are super important, but when we don't feel them, they will come out inappropriately at work when we're under stress. And when we do feel them and we take time for ourselves to feel them, then we understand we can be more empathetic with other people. We can be more receptive and then we can lead in a much better self-informed way. You can just be there for people better. Does that answer your question? Thank you, Maureen. It does. And it's prompted some more. But I will store them up again for later. Okay, good. As someone who is often told I'm part cat, getting those eight hours of sleep a day is is always critical for me. But so is that meditation. We agree with you on the meditation being one of the key pieces of self-care. So you've talked a lot about the work you do with leaders and how leadership styles and personalities all fit into this model. But on a personal note, what personal growth tool, apart from meditation, 
has made the biggest impact on your life and why? Well, I will tell you that for me, I had a major transformation in my 20s. And that was a result of hitting bottom from addiction to drugs and alcohol. I started drinking and drugging very, at a very, very young age, in my early teenage years, and barely made it through high school, but I did. I did not want to go to college. I just wanted to party. But I always had a strong work ethic, and I worked a full-time job and a part-time job. But I was constantly running from the chaos I was creating in my life from all the drinking and the drugging. And a series of things happened. And I mean, I moved 13 times between the ages of 17 and 25 and just constantly running and trying to figure out who I was. And I finally hit bottom. I had a lot of self-loathing and guilt and shame for who I was being because I wasn't in alignment with who I really was meant to be. But sometimes you have to be who you're not in order to figure out who you really are. And I got on this path at 24 of personal growth and development, but I realized very quickly that I could not really get anywhere or attain what I wanted without giving up the drugs and the alcohol, without giving up my addiction. So I did reach out for help and I got the help I needed and I began on that journey. And it's been 37 years now that I call myself living in recovery. I did go to a 12-step program and I have an incredible community of people that support me because sobriety and not using is my number one priority and self-care. That's just taking care of myself, like I said. And the tool that's been, I think, made the biggest impact on me in my recovery is again, learning to accept that I am human, that I make mistakes, that I do feel a lot. That first couple of years, all I did was cry <laughs> of, of sobriety, right? I was just getting rid of all of the stuff that I had stuffed. And when we stuff emotions in our body and we don't feel them, it comes out as this disease, dis-ease, and it will manifest in your body. It will manifest in your mind in negative ways. And so it's super important to me to be very aware of what I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. And if I need a mental health day, then I don't go to work. I take time for myself and I take time to feel what I need to feel. Or sometimes I just tell people. So I think Again, boundaries is a super awesome tool that we all need to learn in any relationship because we have emotions and so do everybody else. When I teach my classes, a lot of times I say, what's the number one problem you have in management? And people say a lot of different things, but sometimes it's, well, I just want to get them to do the darn job, get them to do what they say they're going to do. And a lot of other times it's, I am tired of dealing with other people's drama. And we have it. And look at the pandemic. There's so many people struggling with mental health issues out there as well. The liquor sales went through the roof when everybody went into lockdown. And we use those things to escape. Mine was drugs and alcohol, but we escaped with games and shopping and gambling and all kinds of different ways that we escape. So I say my number one tool is stop escaping learn to deal with life on life's terms, learn to breathe, 
learn to accept who you are and everything gets better. And you could make a huge impact on the lives of others when you can be that kind of role model for people. They need you. They need you to do it. step up and do that. Maureen, thank you for being so open and, and for sharing so much humanness in this response. And maybe keeping on that same subject of just being yourself. I think the quote you said before, be who you are not to figure out who you want to be. We want to talk a little bit about defiance because here at Defy Expectations, you know, we are a bit maverick. We like to kind of push things and challenge, be the provocateurs. So we'd love to hear from you what you would see as a, a pearl of defiant wisdom for those young individuals who are thinking about leading and thinking about leadership. I think that the most important thing that you can do is figure out what your values are. What are your top values and align with those values? For me, it was learning, never stop learning. Ne education, super important. It's a lifelong process. It never stops. And so if you get feedback, you know, if I get feedback, I ask for feedback. I want to know what people think of me. I want to learn as much as I can learn about myself. I do not take that negatively. It's just somebody else's opinion. And so the more you can learn about yourself and about your values and about who you are and what your beliefs are, you can become whoever you want to be. And as when we're younger, we don't mind practicing trying new things because we know, well, we're younger, like I'm in my 20s. It's okay for me to make mistakes. I'm just learning. But you know what? It's the same when you're in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s <laughs> and your 60s because I'm 61 now. And I can tell you that you just never stops. But we expect more of ourselves, but don't. Just keep trying new things. Keep expanding. Keep learning because it's it just... It never stops and there's so much more and you don't have to judge yourself for it. It's okay. Thank you, Maureen. I love that. Become whoever you want to be. And I think that's an inspiring mantra for everybody at every age. As you said, you know, those of us in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, we can carry on learning and carry on being different. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be able to share whatever wisdom I can because you know what? Life is so short. And we cannot stay stuck in fear. We've got to step up, be better leaders, make a bigger impact because there's so many people suffering out there that really need our positivity and our understanding of life to be able to just deal with life on life's terms. So it was just delightful to meet both of you. Thank you so much for having me on. Wonderful. It was really, really inspiring. And one of the things, and I must say it again, it's really stood out for me personally. And you framed it twice within this whole discussion. You've talked about values at two really pivotal moments. And I think it's really on a selfish basis. It's really sort of helped me when we talked about the DISC modulation, you know, the framing of values around the DISC framework to really understand and that advice for others to understand your own values in order to be able to make sense of your personality and know how it will modulate over time. Because I think it's realizing the importance of people in achieving results. It's really seen my personality shift over time, my personality modulate because I really get my own values as well. So Maureen, thank you for that. It was a great aha moment for me personally and selfishly. You said something which is so sort of anti-business, anti-culture sometimes that 
I want to say it again because I thought it was so powerful. Forgive others for who they are instead of judging them. Corporate cultures, business cultures are there. You know, have you hit your objectives? What are the metrics we're going to use to judge you? You know, sort of, yes, we need to deliver. Yes, there's progress. Yes, there's huge amounts of motivation that can be garnered from having clear goals and moving towards them. But as leaders, we spend quite a lot of time being conditioned to judge people against those metrics and actually allowing ourselves to forgive others for who they are. It's such a powerful thing. I appreciate that, you know, because really we're all mirrors for each other. So if you recognize something that you love about someone else, it's because you have that quality in yourself. And if you recognize something that you really hate or dislike about somebody else, it's probably because that quality is either in you or it's triggered some sort of trauma that you might've had in the past with someone else. It's usually, you're usually not upset for the reason that you think. So it all stems back here. You're responsible. Like nobody can really make you feel a certain way, but other people will trigger us. And those are the lessons. We have to not shoot the messenger but go back to looking at why am I triggered by that? Why do I find this distasteful? Why have I somehow attracted this into my life? And it is a process though. It is. You have to forgive yourself and be compassionate with yourself too when you do make those judgments. Because remember, we're just human. <laughs> we're just human. So knowing that and with that great advice, Maureen, I just wanted to say to others, if you've been as inspired as we have and have had those aha moments today from our amazing guest and from Maureen's perspectives, please check back in as we're going to be running these podcasts regularly. And we're covering so many different aspects of the kind of skills leaders need to continuously develop and to evolve and not just get by, but to truly thrive. And do visit our website, defyexpectations.co.uk. Not only will it have links to find out more about Maureen and the work she does, but also it's packed with great tips and inspiration on our blog. We look forward to seeing you next time on our podcast. Mm -hmm.